0: Welcome to the GNT show.
1: All right, welcome everyone to the latest episode of the GNT show. Once again, I'm joined by my host with the most, the man who is probably Sydney's
0: greatest doggy supporter. Gee, how are you this week? I doubt that. There's a lot more committed people than me, but I'm pretty good, thanks. It's been a pretty good week and another episode four in the soapy that is the NRL. This is great. Another massive week
1: in the world of the NRL. The world's greatest soapy. It's never-ending. It's fantastic. I don't know where you want to start. Some things I wrote down. Madge McGuire losing the dressing room. Seabold was sacked. Benji has been told to find a new home next year and was told via press release. Well-handled, Tiges. (laughs) <laughs> Tevita Tavita Pangai Jr. is on a 12-month good behaviour bond. Um, I think Brisbane thinks they're the court system now.
0: With with 34 conditions to abide by before his <laughs> contract gets torn up.
1: He's not allowed to cut his toenails on a Wednesday. He's the 35th condition. <laughs> the Broncos, Saints and North Queensland coaching rumours. What could possibly go wrong for the Saints with Anthony Griffin at the helm? Bronson Zeri's B sample reportedly came back positive. Cameron Smith's contract it's all happened all happened this week where did you want to start this week
0: (laughs) where where, where do I start I mean I mean the Tevita Pangai Jr. one's an interesting one and since we've talked about Tevita Pangai every single week may as well talk about him again I think it's one of those things where talent has overridden desire right he doesn't want to be there he wants to get out they probably changed the coach, so he he sounded like he was one of the issues there his t- potential even still at twenty four is still astronomically high, and they're hedging their bets they don't so, want him they don't want to get rid of him, but they put all these conditions on to basically say, "Hey, you breach any of this we're we're getting you out of the club, but they don't want to lose that talent
1: so what 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 part of the talent do you think they wanted to keep the, the disinterest in defense, the four or five missed tackles a game, the bad reads, the lack of effort? Wh- which, which, which part of that do you think was, was a foundation stone for the future?
0: I think it's maybe the one or two times in a game where he might sidestep five meters in one go or drag five people with him yeah. and throw a flick pass to someone that's open. But it's tantalizing, right? You always think that you can change that attitude around. And I suppose if they've gotten rid of Seabold, they think that the new coach will come in and fix that up.
1: And what did you think about the Tigers? Oh, they've lost their way. The Tigers? Well, the rumours The rumors are Madge McGuire's lost the dressing room. His, his methods there are not being looked upon favourably by the playing group. I think the way Benji found out that he was no longer required. Now, we've spoken about this in the pod In previous weeks, I thought this was coming and I thought it was the right decision, but my God, I didn't think they were going to handle it this way.
0: Well, there's an element of doing things the right way, isn't there? Doing things the right way isn't Benji Marshall jumping on Twitter or he's reading the news in the morning to find out that the Tigers have released a press release that you're leaving the club. Without telling you, it's kind of a little bit like a what WTF moment, you know? And the other thing that I had
1: down here, what's going on at the doggies, mate? The board, the club, there's a lot of problems there. Is Trent Barrett going to be able to fix the issues there?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I know that he's had some influence in the background, and that's been reported. He's, you know, talking in the background with players. Rumours that, you know, he's having influence on who's playing and who isn't. So he can get some visibility on some of the players. I've re-signed Adam, Adam Elliott which is a good signing, hopefully not on a massive contract. I'm not sure about the size of the contract. He, he's, he's a wholehearted player. He's, he's a good squad player, but he should, he's not your best forward. If he's your best forward, you're struggling as a club, I think.
1: Well, we've already established Olam as your best centre.
0: Yeah, and he's on another team. We go, we'll probably go through a list of all the centres in the competition. They're probably our best centre. When you bring back Canaver, that Tim Laffey is, <laughs> or the artist <laughs> formerly known as Tim Laffey, or Timoteo Laffey,
1: We'll talk a little bit more about the doggies a bit later. You've got problems. I mean, I've got some views on that performance against the Raiders.
0: Is there anything that's taken your eye this week?
1: It's just, you turn your back on the rugby league. Like, if you've got a big day at work, you, you miss a day. It's like, it's like years, right? Every day brings its own drama. It's amazing. I have kept a relatively low profile this weekend as an Eels supporter. It hasn't been Great. The, bu- the I can't wait to su- talk
0: about that game the
1: bunnies supporters including my brother have come out of the woodwork so they've been, <laughs> they've been fantastic and really understanding of parramatta's defence and the form we showed so
0: considering the I know your brother and the way he can actually needle you in a fun way I'm surprised you absolutely don't detest the bunnies he would get to you so much
1: well, I mean, I, for those that don't know, we grew up in the area, so I was surrounded by buddies supporters growing up. Ironically, Bunnies and Manly supporters, which was a bit odd, but moving on to segment one, which is a review of the round 16 results. Uh, we'll start with the Thursday night game, the Eels versus the versus South. South's got up 38-0. Okay, on Friday night, the Dragons... <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, bring it back two. there.
0: Bring it back there. I know you're going to have a bit to say about this, but... Isn't it kind of weird after we spent half the pod last week talking about how great Paris cover defence was? They were woeful. They were terrible this
1: this game. I mean, the bit I didn't see, their attack has been terrible for weeks. They've, they've really lost some fluency in attack. The one thing I did think was going to happen at some point between now and the end of the season was we have spoken week after week about the compressed defensive line, which is Brad Arthur's system. And we, we've been saying week after week, someone's going to try and get around them and south's had the strike power and the speed to get around them and get around
0: them they did here's the thing right so i was watching that game specifically watching how far some of the para wingers shoot and center shoot in i don't think their cover defense was that bad still i just think south found the antidote to para's defense in that they were very direct and straightened up their lines and ran really hard at the line and then still played the out balls to go around them as well. So they sucked their wingers in, but were planning to go around them at the same time. And they just had too much speed for their cover defence to come across. So I, I still saw desperation from Para. It wasn't like the defence was abysmal or woeful.
1: Well, para has got the Warriors this week and with a bit of luck, we'll get over them. Although the Warriors have been playing well and we'll talk a little bit about what Todd Payton's done for that team there. But they've got the Panthers the week after. And I think that'll be that'll be a real test for that defensive line, particularly the way the Panthers attack. Now, Parramatta missed 41 tackles in that game. South's only had 47 sets. We almost missed at one tackle per set. South did get around Parramatta. I mean, Dylan Brown soldiered on after he got injured, but that's a big loss for us too. With respect to South, geez, you know, I've been saying this for the last few weeks. Adam Reynolds is really running into a bit of form and his kicking game was magnificent.
0: He's been running the ball more, as you said. So Yeah, like,
1: he's threatening the line a bit more.
0: In the defense, they can't slide off him and, and watch his runners. They're actually having to come to him. So it's creating space for some of his outside guys. And with Para, I said, like, some of this slide defense and cover defense was still there. They cut back inside South a couple of times and scored tries that way. Jackson Polo. And um, Campbell Graham twice.
1: It was just work rate, I think. I think they had to get through a lot of tackles. When you're top four, you're entitled to one-off game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they go this week against the Warriors. And then I think the Panthers will be a big test for them. That right-hand side defense of Parramatta, we've been talking about it for a few weeks. They do leave themselves exposed a little bit. If I'm Brad, Ar- Brad Arthur, I drop one of Ferguson, Sevo or Wonga Blake. I-, I don't think they've been playing well for weeks. I think there's a bit of size to those players, But I'm not sure their lateral movement's as good as it needs to be.
0: One thing I did notice, though, you can kind of tease Sivo out of position sometimes.
1: I don't think there's any teasing to it. I think think he'll fall for a dummy (laughs) anywhere on the field, mate. I don't think... I don't think there's a lot of uh, subtlety to getting Sivo out of position.
0: Stephen Masters, the the young guy, just sort of half edged towards him a little bit and just slowed down. Sivo came flying out in that flick pass.
1: Well, Brad Arthur's given them the green light. They've given he's given the wingers and the centers green light to run in and try and cut the play off. Now, when it works, it's fantastic because they lose ground, they lose momentum, gives the Parramatta line a chance to reset. You're entitled to one bad performance, but if they don't, if you don't, if they don't get a result. Out of the Warriors or they don't play a bit better this weekend, I've I've got real doubts there.
0: With Para, they play a little bit of free-flowing football and they're known for a little bit of flamboyance and you see it you know, in fits and spurts, sometimes in the same game.
1: I don't think they've shown that in six or seven weeks.
0: That's what I was going to say. Do you think it's somewhat deliberate that they're trying to sort of grind through a little bit of a game plan or they're just totally off form?
1: Good question. I don't know. I don't think I don't think he's changed the attack in the last six weeks. Someone, someone also said to me during the week, have they worked out Mitchell Moses? If he's getting the ball 60% of the time, he's only got a few tools in his kit, right? He's not the complete player yet, Mitchell Moses. He could be, but he's not yet. I just wonder if that attack is getting a little bit predictable through the halves at the moment. Although, although they didn't they didn't lose the game on attack. That's the worst defensive performance they've put in this year.
0: I think Dylan Brown needs to step up his attack. I mean, he was injured, but you can see that he's he's
1: out from hospital bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you going to go visit him and just just hurl abuse at him, or well, you need to step up?
0: I've got an anecdote about something like that regarding Tim Smith and a friend of ours actually. What happened? Well, you know, Tim Smith was sort of this up and coming, you would remember him. From- I do.
1: He was the next big thing. He, and he was really great in his first 30 games.
0: Really skillful, great vision. Yeah. And then over Didn't time... Didn't the, the sauce get him? Oh, yeah, I think, you know, had a few off field issues, but, he, you know, he tried hard. He came back. Um, you know, there was a lot of criticism about running to the line more, running to the line more, running to the line more. And a friend of ours were out at a pub at, you know, the entertainment quarter or more fox studios or whatever it was called back then you know they were in the bathroom and then tim smith was on one end and he's he recognized him and he said hi said hi and then he said "Isn't there an me, unwritten
1: rule you don't talk to men don't talk to each other in the toilet i
0: don't know but he sort of said to him tim you know what you've got to do tim you you should run to the line more
1: <laughs> while he's while he's doing this yeah. yeah
0: and so he just gave him a, a Almost an incredulous look of I can't believe you just told me that, and sort of stormed out of there. And we just thought, mate, what were you thinking? <laughs> who says that to somebody?
1: For those of you tuning in for G's random moments, there's another <laughs> one for you.
0: I mean, Dylan Brown's still young, but I think there's an element of he needs to step up. He's mate, he's
1: not going anywhere. I'll be, he'll be, he'll be lucky if he's back this season.
0: He's quick. And he's dangerous when he runs the ball,
1: but he's a runner. He's a runner. He's not a ball player yet,
0: and he hasn't really been doing that. Right, so I think all
1: our ball playing's coming through Mitchell Moses. I, ju- I think the halves are getting a little bit predictable. I think the lateral movement in the backs is a bit of a problem, particularly on the right edge. Having said that, it's one bad result.
0: Interesting. Jai Fields a bit more of a runner.
1: Also, he's also sixty-seven kilos, dripping wet.
0: Probably you have to have sandbags in issue. Each- <laughs> and his shoes to be sixty-seven kilos.
1: He's lightning quick, but he's but he's a very slight frame.
0: He is, but I think it'll add something different to their attack. If you, I think that's right. Stay. That's
1: probably right.
0: Just on Latrell, you know, very serious injury. He's had an unfortunate run this year. Every time he sort of come back and start to play into a bit of form, he's got an injured.
1: I mean, you've had a similar style of injury, right? Just in your groin. You, you're still recovering from that.
0: No, that was osteitis pubis. Big difference.
1: Sorry, what's? Well, I didn't know what the difference was.
0: He's had his hamstring torn off. I think. Right at the top. So,
1: physio once told me the higher thigh and hamstring injuries are, the worse it is in terms of recovery time. The longer it, is, it takes, and
0: it's recovery time, and his biomechanics might change. He might mightn't ever be the same. It'll- oh,
1: thanks, Andrew Voss. You've written him off. You've written him off already. No, Latrell, you'll be back, bait You'll be back. Don't listen to G. Moving on to the Dragons versus the Titans. This was a surprisingly good game. Justin Holbrook is doing a great job with the tight with the Titans. The Dragons led ten four with nine minutes to play. They were entitled to win the game. They should have won, but Gold Coast showed grit and hung in there. and And Justin Holbrook's got them really committed to the to what they're trying to do there. Fogarty didn't get run down this week, so that was good. and And he's been playing he's been playing really well. No Josh Papali to run him down this week. <laughs> no. Play- I didn't think the Gold Coast played particularly well, but they found a way to win, which is which is the sign of a great team. Can I just say, A.J. Brimson might be the form fullback in the comp at the moment as well. Tyrone Peachy's been playing really well. Whatever Justin Holbrook's been putting in their milos, it's absolutely working. Um, My question to you is, how much do the Dragons' halves need to take responsibility for a loss like this? I mean, the 10-4 with nine minutes to play, kick to the corners, tackle your guts out, go home with the win. isn't? Although they were at home, but you know what I mean.
0: Well, that sounds like they need Anthony Griffin by the sounds of that game plan, so... um... I think same thing. I didn't... Gold Coast hung in there. I thought it was a game that was full of near misses. Almost a try. Great last-ditch defence at times. Never quite enough to get over the try line or a drop ball here or there. Adam Clune was one.
1: Sorry, has that got anything to do with the question I asked you?
0: Oh, AJ Brimson.
1: No, that wasn't the question. Or are you just not listening and just have your points that you want to get out? I think it might be the latter.
0: I think my brain just hit the same as Parramatta's form. Just switched off in defence.
1: How much responsibility do the halves need to take about losing a game from being 10-4 up with nine minutes to go? Or is it fitness? Is it that they're just not fit enough at the back end of these games? Because in football, a lot of it's fitness. When you typically get run down in soccer week in, week out with goals in the last five, six, seven minutes, it's typically because the other team's got more run in those dying stages of the game.
0: Yeah. They're pressing a little bit harder and they can actually finish. Well, they've just got got more legs, right? Yeah. I think there is some element to that. I do think that and it's something that I'll bring up with some of the other games. Is some of the sizes of some of these guys now, the game's quickened up. They are huge. They might have a lot of stamina and be able to keep going. But the thing is, a lot of that too is probably conserving energy here and there at different points in the game. But if the game keeps moving, there's a little bit of a struggle. If I look at the dragons, they're quite a, a big side overall. So there, there might be an element to that. And I think moving Peachy in, inside, he create, he's got a little bit more footwork as a lock rather than as a center or floating around the edge and it creates a little bit more space in the middle because they have to try and catch him i suppose you can't take a break he can step inside or out the game's a little bit faster through the middle and it it keeps the big guys sort of constantly moving and it can tie them out a little bit quicker i mean
1: so you don't you don't think the halves bear responsibility or less responsibility might be a better way to put it
0: well i'll go back to last week right and Corey norman did a 70-meter kick and then literally sprinted all the way up the field because he was playing against Brisbane and really wanted to win that game.
1: In fairness, I think Darius Boyd is still turning.
0: Whatever it is, right? That's fine. My turning circle might be smaller than Darius Boyd's, which is a miracle.
1: Darius Boyd might have a bigger turning circle than one of those Mack trucks.
0: <laughs> he's, he's retiring. <laughs> he doesn't care. They didn't close it out well. And I think some of it is the halves. Last week, Corey Norman led team with his intensity to win the game. And this week, back to what appears to be cool, Norman, but it could also be...
1: Good stats, bad team. And Anthony Griffin, do you think he's the right coach there? I've got a view that he's not. But I, I think people look back on these coaches through rose-tinted glasses. Now, Anthony Griffin, if you've got a young squad, he's great at talent spotting. Spotted Cam Smith very famously. He can teach them a very simple game plan, etc., etc. But he's not a Brian Smith mold of coach that no matter where the team's coming, he can go in, drill them in with the X's and O's, and they can get into the top eight. I don't think he's that style of coach. Everyone keeps quoting Penrith. They were running in the top four when Gus Gould got rid of him. But by all accounts, accounts, Anthony Griffin's man management wasn't fantastic. I do, however, agree with them getting someone from outside Saints. I think they need someone outside of the St. George family. What what are your views on the on the coaching drama?
0: I don't know if Anthony Griffin is the guy. I mean, I'm not really for or against Anthony Griffin. His results seemed okay, but you've then... never run into
1: him in a bathroom in the Fox Studios, have you?
0: No, that wasn't me. Um, and I would have told him to run at the line more, actually. <laughs> But I like Andrew Webster. I like some of his analysis of the game. And his his article about him worried me a little bit where it was a bit simplistic in game plan. It sounded very much like Dean Pay. Kick to the corners, minimise risk, and then go... Well, I, I think that's heart. fine
1: with five minutes to go. I'm sure it's harder to do for 80 minutes.
0: Yeah, so after a while, the players are going to think, well, hang on a sec, what's going on here, right? Have you got anything else? So they probably tune you out after a while. And by all reports, is you know, with young players, he's probably strict and disciplinary. And it doesn't really work with veterans, you know.
1: Well, it's good that Saints are a really young team then. I, I keep coming back to what Paul Kent said. You've got to work out where you are in the Premiership window. Are you rebuilding? Are you bottoming out? Are you, is the window open? And I think you've got to recruit a coach accordingly. I don't think Saints are where they should be. So there's some gap between their talent levels and what they're producing. And I think a coach can make a big difference in that regard. But nor do I think they're a top four side. So they need to really decide which way are they going to go. Are they going to, you know, back these guys in at the back end of their career in the hope of finishing fifth and eking out semi after semi? Or do they invest in some youngsters, get a younger coach in or someone with proven track record of bringing on youngsters? and try and open up the premiership window in three or four years. I don't know, but I think that's the decision they got to make before they appoint the coach.
0: Jim Dimmick's your man.
1: Well, Jim Dimmick, he'd need to bring in a strong defence coach with him. But but he's got Shane Flanagan there.
0: You know, he was playing an attacking form of football when it wasn't fashionable, I suppose, which means he kind of really has a philosophy of play that he really like, adheres to. And the one thing that I did like about Dimmick in his brief spurts with the Bulldogs, or having a lot of hands-on involvement at least, is players developed, and that was quite obvious. I don't know how many coaches really develop players overall and make them better. For the Titans, like you said, AJ Brimson, just his explosiveness and his nose for the ball, been fantastic. He He's huge for them. I thought they were very good. And Philip Sammy is starting to come good as well. Getting better every week as a winger. He's, he's lost a bit of weight and he's gotten a lot quicker and lighter on his feet. So he makes them quite dangerous. And Fogarty again, another good game. And like I mentioned before, love the move of Peachy back into lock. And sort of look into ball play through the middle of the ruck. I think um, they showed grit again to hang in there. You know, this is a game that they might have lost a few weeks ago, and they snuck uh, snuck away with the win. Saints got a little bit unlucky, but they should have closed the game down as well. A ricochet off the the padding straight to Peachy under the post to tie the game up, and then Brimson busts through a gap and game over.
1: I think he may he may just be the form pl- form fullback in the comp. Moving on to the third game, which was the the late Friday kickoff. The, apparently, this game in previous years, would have rated the house down. Apparently, ratings were down for the Roosters versus Broncos.
0: I think I was the only one watching.
1: You may have been the only person watching. We said last week that it might not be 25.5 points, which was the start for the Roosters or the Broncos. We were right. It wasn't 25.5 points. It was a lot more. 24-6 at halftime, 10 tries to 2. James Tedesco's best game in three months. Four unanswered tries to begin and end the game. The Broncos missed... 39 tackles. I mean, they're they're in disarray. And I don't know how much we can take out of this game, really. I mean, the Broncos have been terrible all season. The Roosters have got SBW coming back. I mean, what I did think was great for the Roosters was it's that whole next man up philosophy. So Josh Morris was back, Tupu, Kyle Flanagan all stepped up. So Joey Martin has actually had a really quiet game, but he's been really big the previous week. So it's this whole next man up play. And Tupanua and Nat Butcher were great. And they've still got Sonny Bill Williams to come back. From a Broncos perspective, it's the same things we say every week. Katoni Staggs was good. David Fafita and Carrigan were were okay. Um, The rest of the season can't come soon enough. I know Anthony Seabold's been sacked, but I don't know that Kev or Paul Green can turn that around quickly. What what were your thoughts on this game?
0: Uh, It was difficult to watch. It was incredibly one-sided.
1: What gave it away that it was one-sided? Was it the fifty-eight. Points it was or? only the 58-12. It was, yeah. it was the, it was the, I'm surprised you didn't say, oh, I love the attack.
0: <laughs> the attack was pretty good.
1: The Broncos' two tries were great.
0: Well, actually, David Fita's try was pretty good. Yeah, it was, but they conceded 10 tries. I know, but um, it was just a training run. It was like they were playing against their flag team.
1: 100%. Who do you give the job to? Do you give it to Kevy or Paul Green? I
0: don't think it matters. I think it's an attitude adjustment by some of the players. Again, I do think youth does play a part. I
1: know he won the premiership. But if he didn't win that premiership, are we sure he's a great coach?
0: I have my reservations. I think outside of that year, I don't know how great his record was, really. And they seem to really struggle when, in theory, they had all these high-profile gun players. But
1: I think Kevy and Kevy, by all reports, Kevy is seen as one of the old boys that they don't they want to move on from. So I don't know. I, th- I think Paul Green's the favourite there.
0: Tupernewa was a mate, fantastic.
1: Fantastic, yeah.
0: Lethal on, on the edge. And- Do they
1: need Sonny Bill? I mean, if you can get Sonny Bill Will for 100 and Sonny Bill Williams for 150 grand, you absolutely bring him back. Of course. I mean, I'm not sure they need him. Their edge is pretty good.
0: But I think Sonny's at the point of his career where he's happy to kind of be on the bench and, you know, contribute probably half an hour.
1: 20 minutes a game, right? 20, 25 minutes so, a game. So why not? And he can cover a few positions. That's the other bit about Sonny, right? So you can almost use him as a bit of a utility to plug a few gaps.
0: Tupu coming back was great, but the Broncos' defense at times was just. Diabolical. paper thin
1: paper thin right
0: one on one not even misses it was just like one person running one out and they were going past four players well like,
1: gee the, this is this is the thing right they, they, it's this is why I was saying to you with Anthony Seabold they're effort plays you're losing on contact you're not going in hard enough you're not sticking on the contact so they're effort plays rather than structural issues so that's why I thought Anthony Seabold had lost the dressing room the effort plays were missing for
0: feeder Seen yep. as you know, possible superstar, he's going to be one of the ho- most highly paid. I'll tell you players. what, just,
1: Justin Holbrook's got to fix his defense.
0: I was going to ask you that question in defense. No, he hasn't been great, he's terrible, and he's the incredible Hulk. And his lateral movement there's a lot of holes. Yeah, I agree, I agree, couldn't agree more. Okay, he's going to get the ball and run past six guys every now and again, but if you're letting in three or four breaks a game. How effective are you, really?
1: What I don't know about Dave Fafita, how much is that situation contributing to it, where they're just, you know, it's just been terrible.
0: Difficult to say.
1: Now, he's got all the tools to be a... Well, he, he already is a fantastic offensive weapon. And people say, next Sonny Bill Williams, blah, blah, blah. Sonny Bill Williams was never this bad in defence. so he's no, ne- he's never, not, ever. He's not going to be Sonny Bill Williams, but does need to improve his defence. His lateral defence isn't great. His contact in defence isn't always great either. Like he does... There are times when... People smaller than him get over him, you know, and it can be close to a try line or, or whatever else it might be. So, my hope is Justin Holbrook gets a full preseason into him and says that's not the way the Gold Coast defence. They show up for each other and they're committed. David Fafita's got all the tools to be a good defender, but I think he, I just don't know how much of the situation's contributing. He needs to show more effort in that side of the field.
0: I think one thing I noticed with the Broncos, and this is a training thing, they create players that carry an incredible amount of bulk. And I think with the speed of the game, I think that's really impacted some of them.
1: I think a lot of that is because the rule changed. Typical NRL, typical rugby league. We did it with the 5 and 10 (laughs) metre rule. We changed rules mid-season. I think the coaches will work out how to slow the game next year. So let me give you an example of something I've seen. Coaches are absolutely telling their players to lay all over the person taking the ball up on the first tackle. Almost all the six against and ruck infringements happen on tackle one or two because it doesn't hurt as much and you can slow the defense down so that your defense can get into shape. I haven't seen anyone commentate on it because the NRL media doesn't have any proper tactical analysis of what's going on.
0: Other than just the penalty count.
1: Well, even when there's a breakdown field, I'll give you an example. When there's a breakdown field, what they'll show you is the literally the last phase of the game where the try is scored. They don't go back and say, it's three on two in your own 20 meters and the dummy half saw it, the halfback looped around, created the extra man and they put it through hands and then there was a miss over the right shoulder. That's not the analysis you get during the game.
0: Yeah, you get that, I think, with certain analysts and I, it's entirely up to them. It's very person dependent.
1: As you know, I'm a football fan. The an, the analysis is very different. Frank freina one of our great exports to Italy and Club Brugge, and I know I'm going on a tangent here. He was also the Socceroos coach before Gus Hitting. One of the things I heard him say was for every goal, there's at least three errors before the goal's scored. That give you an opportunity to stop it. And if you think of tries like that, it's it's really interesting because you've got to look at the, the possession longer than one tackle.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Sorry, we digressed a little bit. Sorry about that, listeners. But fourth game of the weekend was the, the Warriors versus the Knights. The the Warriors won 36-6. They were 8-6 up at halftime. Uh, and then the, the Warriors really went on with it. The Knights were scoreless in the second second half. The fullbacks are back. Tedesco had a great game. So did Roger Tuovasashek, his best game since the lockdown. Another great game by Jazz Taviga. Are we sure he's not the Warriors' Player of the Year? That bloke's showing up every week at the moment.
0: Who Jazz Tavanga?
1: Yeah, he might get Players' Player. He might get Players' he's, Player. He's
0: wholehearted. He always has a go every week. He's fighting. But there's no,
1: there's no missed tackles. There's just, just real consistency in his. But he reminds me, look, they're different players. But Aiden Tolman's another one for your dogs who just shows up every week. Um, yep. Alvaro and George Jennings played well. They can't play against Para this week, thank God.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure they're quaking in their boots about Daniel Alvaro.
1: Come on, mate. I'm not counting any chickens. The Knights had really no possession in that second half. They made 11 errors, 30 missed tackles, conceded 8 penalties and had 31 ineffective tackles. They only had 3 offloads in, a t- in attack compared to the Warriors who had 18. Six of their errors were coming out of their own end in the first 20 minutes. Adam O'Brien again mentioned mental toughness after the game and the team not getting too far ahead of itself. He mentioned something similar after the round eleven loss against the dogs. There are clearly some issues in that dressing room and they and it's a theme that's been there for a few weeks now. So that you know they've only got four weeks to to write the ship ahead of the finals. From a Todd Payton perspective, it looks like he is going to be appointed to North Queensland, which is what we said four or five weeks ago. you yeah, don't t- it,
0: ma- it makes sense, right? Yeah, so he- you don't
1: turn down a job unless you're confident. So he's done a tremendous job.
0: Do you think that he's going to poach Cody Nicorima to be the new halfback for the Cowboys?
1: Well, I don't know what the salary cap situation is. I think they spent a lot of money on Valentine Holmes, so I'm not sure they're going to be able to afford Cody Nicorima unless they... But, I mean, who knows what the salary cap looks like next year in a post-COVID world. The Warriors are ninth, it's, which, is fa- which is amazing considering all the hardship they've had to go through this year. They sacked their coach. They've been playing great under Todd Payton. But I don't think they'll make the eight. Their run-in is the Eels, Sharks, Raiders, and Manly. But who knows? What did you think of this game?
0: I thought it was fairly close for most of the game. Right up until halftime. The second
1: half were just, they were just, they killed them.
0: The Warriors were always just on top. But then they just blew them away in like the last 20 minutes. And it was probably a fair result. I mean, 36-6 is a bit harsh. RTS was back. So it's good to see him back to his explosive selfs. And what was funny is him brushing past Mitch Pierce, poor Mitch Pierce. I mean, that step, and he's
1: hes going to get a mention in our neighbors column.
0: Trying to tackle somebody like that. And RTS is a big guy. You don't realize because he's playing at fullback, and he made Mitchell Pearce look very tiny, yet he's got that speed and explosiveness and sidestep. It says athleticism, superb. What about the, the head flip or whatever he did after he scored? Yeah, yeah, just, 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 just puts the ball down,
1: then just flips over. Okay, yeah, sure, no problem. When he's on, there might not be a better player in the game. When he's on,
0: Peter Hiku just gets—he gets, he gets getting better and better.
1: He got a one-year extension, another year of niggling the other team.
0: <laughs> he did really well. That Murchie guy—they've picked up from the Raiders. He's got a little bit of something. A
1: little bit of something, something.
0: Yeah, a little bit of something, something. It's hard runner on the fringe, and sometimes that's all you need. Like he's—he's he's fearless. He runs at, you know, full speed, hits the ball at pace. So he's made a big difference as well. And, you know, it's it's unbelievable that they're close to the eight.
1: They've done superb, right?
0: They've got a lot of young players and play, players that are inexperienced and players, I suppose, that are or would be considered cast-offs or journeymen. And they're doing a great job.
1: I'm coming around to Nick, Nick too.
0: He needs the right coach. And I think Peyton has been the right coach for him. You've got to let Cody play a little bit, you know?
1: And since he's stopped hanging out at Fox Studios, I've noticed he's been taking on the line more.
0: <laughs> Tim, Tim Smith must have had a word to him. Um,
1: is that a car in the background?
0: It is a car in the background. <laughs> See, this is one of the neighbours you don't need. That's probably Lee <laughs> Curious.
1: The middle game of Super Saturday was the Sharks versus Cowboys. The Sharks got up 28-12. Brayden Trindle was fantastic for the Sharks. Star of the future. Now, a little bit about Brayden Trindle. He starred for the Sharks in the 2018 Jersey flag and led Newtown last year to the Canterbury Cup honours. So he, he's been coming for a little while and he's been in the system since he's been 12. Twelve. He moved away from home to follow a rugby league career since he's been 12. If you do a bit of research into Braden Trindle, it's a really interesting story and he has opted in for Queensland. I mean, if he continues on the trajectory, he could be, you know, he could, you've heard it here first, folks. Braden Trindle could be a Queensland halfback in four or five years time. I thought Nakora was also great for the Sharks. Cronulla did it without Sean Johnson. They didn't need him in the end. After an early try to Kyle, felt it was all one-way traffic after that. One of the interesting facts that I think Buzz Rothfield published during the week was um, the Cowboys have travelled the most of any team in the comp. They haven't won an away game all year. Val Holmes was back. Michael Morgan unfortunately got injured again. They made 16 errors, had 44 missed tackles, so more than para, and had 21 ineffective tackles. So bad tackles or missed tackles were 65 from the Cowboys, which is just an enormous number. I just, I mean, the the, the Sharks deserved it. And, mate, you don't want to play the Sharks round one of the semis.
0: I don't think you do because I have no idea what they're going to do week to week, to be quite honest.
1: (laughs) The other thing is they look heaps better without Matty Moylan there.
0: I was going to make. That was one of my points. I wanted to make. 800,
1: 850 grand. That is dead money now. He, his, his next contract isn't going to be worth that much. Unfortunately, with all the hamstring injuries and the unpredictability of Matt, Matt Moylan's games. If you could pick up Matt Moylan for four, four fifty, he'd probably be a good bet for the dogs because he gives a bit of spark and a bit of difference in attack. But I'm not sure you can carry his defense anywhere.
0: Well, that's one of the things I noticed. His and it could be his hamstring injuries, but they they looked a lot better without him there. So better in defence
1: and in attack.
0: Ikora, I think, really I added was something to the Cronulla. Really good line running and edge running and running the right line, so giving the defence a lot of trouble. The first try that Katoa scored, the cutout ball and just how he grabbed that and then flew in the corner and jumped.
1: You love the you love the wingers' tries. You love them. Yeah, you do. Yeah.
0: I mean, some it can get a bit repetitive, but some of it's just amazing. The best one I've seen this really. year is
1: the Blake Ferguson no try.
0: Oh, that was that was out, out of this, world.
1: this world. I I just wish they'd given it so that it just would be on replays endlessly.
0: There's so many good ones. I mean, I probably like Jake Averillo's of one. Of course you do.
1: Of course you do. Well, it's it's only it's, it's one of it's one of the four tries you guys have scored this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So it sticks in the memory banks. But it it was the switch of hands that I loved about that one. But um they're great to watch and his hands where he caught the ball at full speed above his hands was like a mitt it was fantastic what i did notice as well is they've got aaron woods ball playing early like but not as he running hard to the line then playing a very predictable ball he's sort of just ambling up kind of a little bit like block of roach in a way old school and passing the ball comfortably and it's adding a lot to their attack in the forwards like you said trindle i thought was fantastic On Valentine Holmes. You can just see he's not in footy shape.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take a while. We said that very first pod, we said that. It's going to, it's going to ta- it took Jared Hain a season. It takes a while to get that weight off.
0: You can see him, he's getting the ball in space and he's trying to kind of accelerate. He's kind of playing like a running back, trying to bust tackles in the NFL rather than being able to hit a gap and dance. The
1: biggest worry about Val Holmes is they're paying him fullback money and I think he might be a winger.
0: I've always thought he, is, he was a winger. You're
1: not paying him winger money. He's not on 500 grand a year.
0: He's a more deceptive Alex Johnson.
1: Deals like that, there's a very systemic way in the NRL of splitting your salary cap. So the centres get the least. Unless you're Joey Manu, you just need someone who can make tackles and run straight.
0: So you need a tackling dummy just to run up and down in a straight line.
1: Well, it is. In the modern day, it's like a second rower. And so your money your money goes into your spine. It goes into into your halfback, your fullback. The, the wingers get paid more than the centres in, in modern day.
0: Oh, the wingers are vital now.
1: The interesting positions lock because that you can have someone that you can have a ball player, you can have an edge player, or you can have someone through the middle, depending on how they play. But a lot of the second rowers are similarly paid, and you pay a lot for your front rowers and your hookers. So there is a very systemic way the salary cap generally gets distributed. And and if you've got a winger on fullback money, that means you actually need a fullback on winger money to make it all work. So you need someone young coming through that you don't have to pay as much.
0: The Will Kennedy, I think, is really starting to play better and better. I like his addition to the Sharks. I think he's he's made a big difference, and he's got good skill with the ball too. So he's comfortable passing, and now you can see him. He's starting to hunt around in the middle of the ruck as well and go looking for the ball a bit more, and I think Will Kennedy has made a big difference to them. Trindle,
1: his daddy's cousins with Tricky Trindle. Oh, good old Tricky Barry Trindle, yes. who played for Souths, Randwick Boys,
0: and, and played for Canterbury in two thousand and one, uh, our Resurrection season. Tricky was a great player, great incredible player. talent. I think the Sharks are, are looking okay, really.
1: Thanks, more hard hitting analysis. So moving on to the to the to the last
0: game of Super Saturday. That analysis hits about as hard as some of the Broncos yeah, forwards. Yeah, well, that's right. But no, no, yeah. that
1: analysis was harder than the Broncos forwards. The last game on Super Saturday was the Panthers versus the Tigers. The Panthers are on, just look superb; they're on a roll, eleven in a row. The Tigers tried to rough up Nathan Cleary; it was a niggly game. I think more teams are going to try that because he's been playing superb.
0: <laughs> Did you like that? Did you like? I, the I don't niggle? mind the
1: niggle in a game, right? I don't, I, I don't mind it because because you got to try something. I thought well, you can't just sit there and just get steamrolled by this team at the moment. the The, the scary thing for other teams in the comp was Harry Grant came back. Appy Corasau was out. Kikau was out. And the Panthers were still far too good for the Tigers. Luai provides an X-factor. We've mentioned that before. Nathan Cleary and Liam Martin have continued to be outstanding. Liam Martin has been playing great. Imbai versus Cleary, the scuffle that they had when Imbai kicked out with his foot. I, I just think that was the best bantamweight fight we're likely to see this year. Uh, better than the Horns You fight. Oh, that's fight. great. Um... What I, but what I wanted to mention was Luke Brooks and Tommy Talao each missed five tackles. Now, Tommy Talao's been dropped this week, but and his defense has been terrible for a couple of weeks now. But where's Luke Brooks? Where's he at? If you're the Tigers, is he your next Premiership window halfback? That's the question mark. I mean, he was nearly Dallien player of the year two years ago, but it's been a big fall from grace under Madge Maguire. This is where we were saying it last week. Certain players, like the, like the football, like the soccer, I hate to go back to it, but certain players suit certain systems. And I'm not sure Luke Brooks suits Madge Maguire's system.
0: I think it's quite obvious. Uh, I think he's struggling. I think he's trying to play a very rigid game plan. And I think Madge Maguire is a very rigid coach. I saw that with Souths. I think he got to a point where his system works to a point, and then he needs some extra talent to elevate it to a system that's going to win I you think the competition. You're right. It's rigid, but it's done with a high speed, high intensity. You might win you 50% of the games just by turning up every week and really having a real dig and sticking to the game plan. But you've got players then like Luke Brooks. That's just not going to suit. And he's running through his progressions and looking for the system play, if that makes sense. He's not really looking what's ahead of him anymore.
1: And this is the conversation we had about Nick Meaney a few years ago. Sometimes you have to leave the club to fulfill your p- potential. Tedesco doesn't become the player he is unless he left the Tigers. I think Mitchell Moses is actually playing better. I know his game's a little bit limited, but I think he's developed more since he's left the Tigers. Aaron Woods is the same. He's still stand from American Dad, no matter which way you look at it. <laughs> but Luke Brooks, I think I think I I suspect he may not be the premiership window half anymore. So this this is a big turnaround job now, I think, for Madge McGuire. I mean, he's lost the dressing room by all reports. Who knows whether that's true or not? there is something horribly wrong when you're when one of your best players of the last 20 years finds out he's not wanted next year via a press release i mean what is going on at these clubs
0: so i think they're kind of right to maybe let him go but you're talking about like you said one of your all-time best players like what the hell like you should you, sh-
1: you shouldn't be asking benji to make 20 tackles a game at 35 if you want to play benji you play benji to give the halves, other halves a break against the bottom half of the team games. If you need a bit of spark off the bench, you know that's that's where you play Benji. Or if you get an injury and he can cover a position, he can mentor younger players. There's a lot of lot of pluses to having Benji. And I think Benji, sh- if he can find another club, should go around. But I think Benji's days of being starting halfback are over too. In the same way, I think Sonny Bill's days of being a starting second rower are over. Like his impact is now through his leadership, his off-field stuff, his. He's twenty or thirty minutes a game, and that's that's. I, I know it's harder to carry someone on the bench in the backs, but I think that's the role Benji can play. I, he's not your first choice halfback. He's not going to be in the halves when the West Tigers next play in a grand final.
0: You know, it's it's McGuire sort of trying anything and everything to make his system work, chopping and changing, moving plays around constantly. Um, and I think, but to him, for him, especially someone like a legend of the club, to find out the way he did, is pretty. I don't think
1: that's the coach. I don't think the coach typically writes those press releases or anything like that.
0: Not, not the not the coach. It was just not a. You got to let the person know first.
1: I just wanted to let you know that there'll be a press release coming out tomorrow that the GNT show will just become the T show. You, you, you lost half the audience with Esha Esha last <laughs> week.
0: Right?
1: Unfortunately, our listenership is two.
0: Oh, poor Herman. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, be cool with the youngster's lingo, but No, I'm
1: I'm glad you've come to that realisation 20 years too late. Let's move on to the Sunday games, Storm versus Manly. This is traditionally a great grudge match, but it wasn't much of a game. 30 to 6, the Storm got up. Justin Olam, the best doggy centre in the comp, got a hat-trick. The Storm had seven line breaks to one were dominant returning kicks. Ryan Pappenhausen and Jesse Bromwich were great. I think Ryan Pappenhausen will play for the Blues this year. That's how good I think he's been playing, provided he stays injury-free. Josh addo was great for the Storm. Um, rumor is he's heading back to the Tigers next year. I thought Aden for Noah Blake was good for Manley in a beaten side and a team that was quite easily beaten. Um, Marion Seve had the ACL rupture. Asofa Solomona had the calf injury, so there was a few Few injuries to come out of this game. Um, Cam Smith came back, and that, I think I think Cam Smith was okay, and I think he's good. And he, you know what you get with Cam Smith, but I do think the Storm are getting increasingly more confident in the hooker position post the Cam Smith world. Manly are gone, and it is a really really disappointing season, particularly when they finished fifth last year. What, what are your thoughts on this game and and the Storm and Manly?
0: A very one sided game. I mean, Ruben Garrick. Somehow failed to score early on, where the ball was basically <laughs> waiting for him to grab it and put it down. And it didn't quite work. It was good to see Albert Hopawadi, the youngster, make his debut in the um, Senators for Manly, but he got roasted by <laughs> just Justin Otham.
1: Just uh, welcome to first grade, son. Yeah, welcome to first grade.
0: Welcome to first grade. You just um have to defend against Pappenheisen, Olam, and Ad Car. Good luck. I think Ad Car. the try that he scored was a great one where Cam Smith. You know, went for the inverted comma forty twenty, And he's just how fast he was. But what surprised me the most is there was no one anywhere near him. Like, it was just a kick into empty space and he just sprinted 50 metres. But I think it's it speaks to a little bit of variation in Melbourne's attack too. The last couple of years, they've played the Roosters. And whilst they've matched their intensity in the semis, it was almost like they kept on doing the same thing and the Roosters had them covered. Whereas this year, they're willing to try a few different things in attack. Kick over the top early... You know, long kicks. I think they're actually planning for that in the semis. So don't be surprised to see them pull out some of those tricks in the semifinals.
1: Playing the way they have the last few seasons, if they come up against the Roosters again, I think the Roosters will get them again. So they need to do something different.
0: Jesse Bromwich is, is starting to pass the ball He was as fantastic. Well. You know, being a link guy, and it sort of just gives them extra numbers. So it's not just a decoy. They're adding numbers and um, sort of you know You know what I like
1: and- about props that can pass the ball, like the old James Graham, like Jesse Bromwich was in this game a little bit? If you go back and look at the football in the 80s, you'll notice a player who's now a commentator that cops a lot of stick online, Steve Roach. Now, if you just know him as a commentator, do yourself a favour and go back to the 80s and watch some of them. Steve Roach had ball-playing ability like a halfback, and he was a front rower. He could oh, do yeah. flick passes, he could, he could set up tries. He was a fantastic player. And when you've got a prop that can do that, it actually makes your whole team, from an attacking perspective very very different it is very very hard to defend against that
0: well it makes the defense hesitate right because then they can't just shoot up at anybody in line and i can speak from watching the bulldogs play under steve Folkes, and we had players that would ball play in the forwards they troubled teams like melbourne and the roosters gang tackling style because they couldn't shoot three players in and slow the play the ball down because it was always a chance that steve price would pass the ball or a forward would pass the ball so some of that passing in the forwards makes that defense hold off just a few seconds longer and it just creates a little bit more space and you're able to get momentum that's something that you're starting to sort of see creep into the game a little bit more i've noticed um lately and that's a good thing but Ado car and pappenhuizen absolutely love them fantastic there was a try right sort of near half time and pappenhuizen it was just an Olam was holding the ball up and pappenhuizen came flying back from 15 meters behind and just came flying onto the ball, hit the gap, passed it to Adokar, and he just sort of sped down the sideline, stepped around. he had three
1: try assists, Ryan Prep panals and he was in everything. He had a great game.
0: Yeah, but it, it was his instinct to attack, right, which you don't always see with other teams. It's like, okay, there's an opportunity here. I'm going at it 100 miles an hour, and I'm going to take this ball. And he created that try just through his, his willingness to attack and see an opportunity. Too many teams and too many players are happy just for a turnover and then to go through their sets, through their game plan. And I think that's where he adds so much to Melbourne. And Adokar's try where he just sped around the fullback was just the speed was great. little bit of a slow slow down, change directions, and then just run away from everybody. It's great to watch. And one thing I do notice with the left-hand side too is Melbourne is they keep the play alive. You see a lot of teams throw the ball out wide. The winger gets the ball and he's either bundled into touch or tackled. But Olam will then push up, and Pappenheisen will also push up in support again, so that there's another opportunity to pass the ball inside. Not all teams do that, so it shows they're always in the game. They're always keeping the ball alive, and I think that's what makes Melbourne so dangerous. And it's taken me a while, but geez, you know what? Did I? Did you ever think Jason Rolls would be a coach? No,
1: no, I didn't. But but I think I think <laughs> <laughs> neither, I neither think did I. If Cooper Cronk can learn to be a great halfback, and he was a great halfback. Then, I think you can. Then I think you can learn to be a coach.
0: I'm watching. I just think I can't. I can't believe Jason Ryle was a St George goofball front rower, and he's like you know an ultra-riched coach under Craig yeah. Bellamy too. One thing I do want to ask you—you've always asking me the questions—is you watch yep. Melbourne play, right? So we're talking about Pappenheisen. He's a smallish guy. You're talking about Adokar. And you can see how much their she speed creates danger for the defense. And what is it about that that other teams are not copying? They still seem to want to have these big units that want to steamroll everybody or run in straight lines. But no one seems to be trying to find these skinny, smaller players that have extreme pace like Melbourne does
1: you can have someone like that on the wing but the trade-off is you've got to have a bigger body on the inside of them now if you've got a big winger you don't need to have as big a person on the inside it depends what you want out of your wingers the wingers are really interesting positions like we spoke about positions that have are the best they've ever been and a winger is one of those positions right and so what Blake Ferguson and Sivo do other than you know come in off the line and miss players and they get around. Other than that, (laughs) other that, that uh, other than that, the big wingers give you a lot of yardage. They're almost like having two extra second rowers out there. And so Josh Adokar doesn't give you that. It depends on what you're looking for out of the winger position. And you can carry a slighter winger that's really lightning quick if you've got someone inside that's a bigger body that can help them out in defense. And so it's really systems of play, right? So, Ideally, what most coaches are looking for now is the, the Rudrata mode, which is someone who's quick and strong. What a player he was. Quick and strong and could tackle. Yeah. And agile. So they for those types of players, right? <laughs> if you've got someone that's 105 kilos and can run 100 metres in 11 seconds or 12 seconds, you know, that's, that's kind of the best of both worlds. And there's a lot of players like that out there. So if you stick Adokar in the Tigers he's going to he's going to be a liability because he's going to be singled out a bit more the defensive structures aren't as good etc he might still score some of these amazing tries but he's not going to it's josh Carr playing in the melbourne system gives him a lot of freedom too they stick him in positions where he's going to succeed.
0: Very true. I agree with that. And also I think it speaks to some of the conservatism as well. But it's interesting where you find someone that creates so much danger at a state of origin level, at a you know, premiership level. They've won the competitions because of his speed and his danger. And yet no one's looking for these sort of small lethal wingers that are incredibly quick. So I think if you go
1: to most coaches, they try and get their defence right first before they concentrate on the attack. And I think that's the mindset they're coming from.
0: I'm happy to win a game 60 to 50. Well, that's why your so, game yeah.
1: of the round was the Broncos versus the Roosters.
0: Listen, <laughs> this was, I actually think, game. before we get
1: on to the last game in my highlight of the week.
0: Yeah, of course. this
1: yeah. I actually don't think this was a great round of football. I've got to be honest. I know, even though we're a rugby league show, all the games bar one were blowouts. We changed the rules mid season. It's COVID. There's no crowds, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I mean, I'll be interested to see how the footy goes next year as well, just to see if this trend continues or whether they. The teams start to come closer to the pack and closer towards each other. Now, everyone, if you're you're listening, go grab a cup of tea or a beer and settle in for our favourite part of the week, and that is the Bulldogs game. Once again on a Sunday afternoon.
0: This is your favourite part of the week. This is my
1: favourite part of the week. We spoke about this off-air before we came on. How on earth did you lose this game? You were up 20-12 to at halftime. The Raiders had Tom Starling sent to the bin. And I I was watching this and I thought, we might be in for a boil over. And what that showed to me is that I should have known better. I I don't know how you lost this game. Jack Whiten has been playing superb all season. We we mentioned him week after week. I think he's taken the Raiders onto his shoulders and he was great against you guys again. The Canterbury right-hand side continued their form, shall we put it that way, in defence, which was a lot of Luke Burt style of efforts in, in defense, and you missed 38 tackles. So uh, this is like the third or fourth game in the last two months where you guys have been run down in the second half. I think this is fitness. I think this is whatever training has gone into the team like either you're losing your heads at the end of the game, or, or you're running out of legs. It's one or the other. I mean, what on earth happened in this game?
0: Their fitness has been terrible for probably seven or eight years. You've had players that have relied on incredible stamina and desire, but in terms of looking sharp as a team, it's been from 2013 onwards, that's how long it's been, where they've always been a little bit off. Cassiano, Josh Morris, Desi Hasler ran his players heavy. A deliberate tactic. That's one way of that's the problem is he had guys like Cassiano. That's, and Greg that's one Eastwood way of putting one.
1: Cassiano and Frank Pritchard in. That's one way to
0: describe it. The, oh, Frank Pritchard, mate, what a, he was a great player. loved his desire and his enthusiasm. He
1: was carrying a bit of put towards the end, though,
0: towards the end, right? But the, this is the thing, he ran those players heavy and he'd bulk up a lot of players and he kind of relied on that flat push through the advantage line and then play off that with a fast fullback and his set plays. But after a while, like, you can't keep up with the speed of the game. And I think that's just continued. Under Dean Pay. players don't look as sharp as they did when they first came into grade. So somehow, when they're in the Premier League or Canterbury Cup, they were faster and sharper than in first grade, whereas actually should be the opposite. I think COVID hasn't helped some. Katoa has could have back on a bit of pud, um, but it's it's disappointing because their fitness or the way they are training these players or bulking them up has really limited their agility and in defence and some you of know their actual movement. Help your
1: defence next year, Blake Green. I think you need a 35-year-old half in that defensive line. I think what could possibly go wrong? Stick him on the right.
0: Blake Green with one knee would have done a better job than Tim Lafai has done in the last few weeks. He got dropped. Maybe he just doesn't want to play anymore. He's had a wretched season, but if he doesn't
1: want to play don't you think you would have done your due diligence before you recruited him back to the club
0: apparently so but i don't know that's just my take it just he wasn't the same player at all
1: what did you think of this game
0: they played with a little bit more freedom
1: you were much calmer on the pod than you were offline
0: i was surprised i were ahead to be honest they threw the ball around you know some of the defense wasn't too bad but some of the tries they let in they lost this game because of the tries they let in like, Joseph Tarpanay, who I rate, I think Joseph Tarpanay is a great player. It's amazing how you're
1: watching the defence on your own team, but no one else's.
0: I just want to enjoy something. You know, our team's been boring and poor. Yeah. Like, it's, give me a break. I need to watch someone attack. Tarpanay's try literally steps past, like, five guys by himself. Scores under the post. Ogden was horrible defensively. Horrible. He let Mate, in three it tries. it was good. three tries. It was just... There's a couple of highlights. I mean, the Fatale Mariner try was pretty good. Um, I did love the black shorts. That was a highlight. I thought that went well with the That's uniform. That's great. You know, you gotta, you got to see, find the positives where you can. I thought that was Tick a good one. for the black addition. shorts. So they looked sharp.
1: Yeah, but you didn't win the game.
0: No, Karen Holland um, showed a bit of skill to score his try. Oh, yeah, well,
1: he's going back to Newcastle, 27 years old, retiring during the week. But don't worry, he'll be, he'll be back when he's 36. They'll recruit him out of the trade and bring him back. Look,
0: the the one thing I will say about Carrot Holland is very skillful player and he kind of can play the game and see the game well, but athletically was just missing that tiny bit.
1: Yeah, he just wasn't there. I know, I think that's right. I think that's right.
0: He could read the game really well and he could he's got good skill. He would have he would
1: he would have played 200 games if he been playing in the 80s.
0: Players like that, you know, where you're kind of in between reserves and first, athletically.
1: And, and, and by all accounts, a good bloke.
0: It's kind of how it is. The game's very athletic. So if you can't measure up, sometimes it's hard, you know, but good squad player. Just to give you an indication of the defence before the and try, the first one that put Canberra back in the game. The Thomas Starling tried, by the way, also in the first half, just right under the post, no one around him. Great, great defence. Um,
1: how, how do you go from having a good defence under Dean Pay? I don't understand anything
0: about this The attacks Bulldogs improved like It's such
1: <laughs> The attacks improved But you've forgotten to defend Previously You were gritty And your defence was good But you couldn't score a try You've recruited Trent Barrett Because he's, he's going to coach the youngsters Improve the attack And then you went and recruited Blake Green
0: He's 34 because kieran foran was too old to keep on figure that one I out just
1: there's nothing about this i understand i, I don't know what's going neither on neither
0: do now. i i have an issue with a few things in terms of recruitment and retention and who they've targeted recruited players that aren't any better than what we have at the moment so may as well play your own youngsters and see what they got get potential by all means you know and try and develop players aiden tolman is a lot better than people think he is he does all the I, dirty I work Aiden that Tolman.
1: people do not see. All the stuff people don't see. I think he's a good player, good good clubman. Every club in the Premiership would take Aidan Tolman. I'm not sure every club would take Blake Green, though. If you're the Bulldogs recruiter, I'd love to know the question you're asking yourself where you're bottom of the table. The answer to the question you're asking is Blake Green.
0: And the Warriors have looked better without Blake Green.
1: But are you a win-now team? You're not a win-now team. Your window's years away. So isn't it a case of recruit a 20 year old who you can teach to manage the game or, or someone who's managing the game you're better off getting adam clune you're better off getting adam clune from the dragons he's a good game manager gives a bit of spark he's he played great in canterbury cup last year
0: feel there's a few players that i'd take and give give him a shot
1: well, Jai Field's not an organiser though, but, but Adam Klune, you could grow with the club for your next window, right? I just, I don't...
0: Look, maybe Blake Green's superb behind the scenes. Maybe he wants to transition into a coaching role. Maybe he's a great influence on the young kids. If, don't know. Okay,
1: if you, if you want someone like that, if you want someone like that, why wouldn't you go get Benji? Don't know. If you want someone like that, why wouldn't you go recruit Adam Klune and Benji to mentor him for a season?
0: I can't answer these questions for you.
1: I don't know what... The question is, you're asking yourself where the answer is Blake Green. As, as good as Blake Green's played and all the rest of it.
0: Not quite sure. I can't figure out what's in their mind or what their perspective is for the club. Not, I don't really know. But just on Tolman, you know, he's also one of those players where, you know, he, he when he runs up, he doesn't look like he dominates the game because he's small, right? He's not that big, but he never ever gets turned on his back. And he actually plays the ball quite quickly. But when Whiten scored the first try where he shoved, shoved a few players off, where Jackson and Lachlan Lewis, I think it was, Tolman made the first tackle after a penalty. Then they switched the ball to Papali a few plays wide of the ruck. He was in second or third man in on that tackle as well. Then they switched it back underneath the post. Jeremy Marshall King pulled off a great tackle, but Tolman was there again ready to clean up, closing that gap. And then the ball went out to Wyden who shoved away... It was Jackson, and I think it might have been Ogden. And who's the third person there trying to stop the try at the end? Aiden Tolman. So it's like, is Aiden this a Tolman. one-man defence? So he's there literally covering every gap. And there was also, I think, where Holland scored his try just before half-time to, to put them up 20-12. to 12. Tolman was there just behind him. So he actually was one of the first players up for the bomb and then somehow made his way all the way across the field as a prop and was there ready to score a try again. I think he scored a couple of tries, so maybe he's just got white line fever now. But it it shows you, like, it's little things like that, that if you watch him, you realise how good he is. It's just that he doesn't do the flashy stuff. He doesn't stand out.
1: I'm glad I was able to coax the passion out of you.
0: I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. (laughs) We're coming last. For God's sake. I
1: don't get it either. Let's move on. All right, round 16's done. So let's move on to segment two, which is our preview of the round 17 games. I'll start off with the Thursday night fixture. The game of the round, uh, of course, Thursday night, the Broncos versus the Panthers. The <laughs> Panthers, uh, no, the the, the the Broncos have twenty two and a half points start.
0: That used to, that looks that used to sound ridiculous. Now it might be a little bit too low.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I I I, I reckon I reckon twenty two and a half's not enough. And the Panthers are a dollar five. The Roosters started a dollar four last week. Now our tipping's not great, but as those that have followed this pod will attest to. But is there any world in which the Panthers go up to Brisbane and lose this game?
0: Maybe in the year 2000, but not this year.
1: No, there's not much more to say, unless there's an absolute miracle. Um, Friday night, I think this will be a tight game. The Knights are starting just favourites. They're $1.85 versus the Sharks, who are $1.95. The Sharks are starting with... Plus one and a half points. That's how close this game is. What are, your th- what are your thoughts on this one, G?
0: I don't think I'd ever gamble on the Sharks, ever.
1: I, it's a stay away game for me, gambling wise. Or Not that I would gamble wise, I wouldn't know that much. To.
0: But um, the Sharks are one of those teams, you know, when you do your tipping, there's always one team you can never pick. For me this year, it's the Sharks. Anytime I think they're going to play well, they don't. Anytime I don't think they're going to do that well, they play great.
1: I, I tell you what it will do for the Knights. If the Knights don't show up this week, their season's gone. Because now it's 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 a few weeks in the last eight where he's mentioned their attitude. So if they can't fire up after that performance against the Warriors last week, then they they could be done for the season. So I I actually lean towards the Sharks in this game. They've had a lot of injuries. This, the the Knights, uh, I I think after after berating Blake Green, I do think they're missing him because too much is running through Mitchell Pearson. Leno last week was okay, but. But a lot, lot, a lot of errors and a lot of mistakes. And he's a very different style of...
0: He's more an instinctive type of half, right? So I don't know if he quite fits.
1: Well, he's a really solid unit, right? I can't I can't quite, quite, you know, he's, he's a bit of a nuggety nuggety player. So I just think if the Knights don't show up, there's, in my opinion, it'll be hard for them to recover. I think the Sharks have been playing really well. I mean, I take the point, you don't know which Sharks teams you, you get on any given day, but I think they've been playing well for three or four weeks now. So I think the Sharks will
0: get this one. The Knights, if they play at their best, they can win this game. I think it'll be quite a tight one. But I think I agree with you there. The Sharks have been playing really well. And I like the way they've kind of added a few things to their attack. Like I said, with Woods and Nikora's giving them a real thrust on the edge. I think, um, like I said, William Kennedy is starting to really come into his own and get more involved in the game. And that does make them more dangerous. In a way, it's almost like I feel like the Sharks are playing too well but have too much experience. Les Ponga steps up this week. And sort of takes a little bit more control. Like they need that sharpness that Ponga adds. And if he doesn't get too involved this week, I can't see them winning. He's, it's up to him, I think, this week. Yeah, tough
1: one to call. The, the next game on the Friday night is the Souths Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, coming off after two great performances, particularly against the Eels, uh, against the Storm in Sydney. South's starting $2.60 underdogs. Storm are one50 favourite. favourites. South's have got five and a half points start. Latrell Mitchell's obviously a big out, and as we mentioned in our previous recap of round sixteen, Seve and Asofa Solomona are out for the for the Storm. Whilst Souths have been playing superbly and Adam Reynolds and all the rest of it, I lean towards the Storm in this game. I think Latrell Mitchell's a big out. Alex Johnson goes to fullback. I think we both agree that he's better as a winger. Absolutely. I just think the Storm get this one. I mean, in in their history, I don't think they've I, I think they've only ever beaten the Storm five times. It's
0: quite a record if you think about it.
1: In the whole history. They've played 32 times and only ever beaten them five times. So the real bogey team for, for the Bunnies.
0: I think the Storm will win, but I also would be interested to see if Corey Allen plays at fullback and Alex Johnson is actually on the wing. And You think he might well, move Corey it around? Corey did a fairly decent job after Mitchell went off, I thought. He he threw a few cutout balls that were really good, sort of um had a look up, saw the you know, the spacing of some of the defenders and where his, his attackers were placed. So a couple of good balls to Campbell Graham on the wing. I just think they would look better with Corey Allen at fullback and Johnson on the wing, unless Johnson is constantly hunting for the ball at fullback, but the last few times he's played fullback, he hasn't really done that. And I think what you do is you take away his strength, which is his explosive speed. So if he's hunting for the ball, like good old Nathan Blacklock, who used to pop up everywhere, um, I think you can play Johnson at fullback. Lume Lume, for the Storm, the winger that played last week, looked pretty good. It's like a production house there in Melbourne somewhere.
1: Well, no, I think I, I think there's two reasons for it. I really do. I think there's two reasons for it. One is they're really good recruiting out of the Queensland Yes, they, are.
0: they are. You're very ries. Yeah, they're
1: really, really good. People in the last 20 or 30 years since the Broncos came into the comp don't realise what a fertile ground Brisbane is. Up until the Broncos came in, you know, Brisbane had its own first grade premiership or Queensland had its own first grade comp, right? So they were producing as many players, maybe not quite to the quality of New South Wales, but quite good players that, that were capable of competing with the New South Wales first grade rugby league. Now, those players, it's still a rugby league heartland. Those players are still getting produced. So the Storm are really good at talent they identification in are. Queensland. And the second thing is I think Bellamy gets people to do two or three things and that's all he focuses on. He doesn't overcomplicate I do, the game plan I do plan think for there's them. also
0: a lack of arrogance in the Storm recruiting. And what I mean by that is the Storm, like you said, will go look at the Queensland Cup or the Intrust Super Cup and say, okay, you know, these are some of the guys that have got some potential. We can probably do something with these guys and make them better. They, like you said, identify some of them. And it's not always young guys, too. Like, it might be someone that's 24, 25. And they think, you know, this person's... Yeah, there's hope yeah, for us. whereas I think some of these other teams are like, oh, they've already... They're out of the, you know, I suppose the pathway program where they go, fl- you know, um, Harold Matthews, SG Ball, Fleg, then Reserves.
1: Oh, I actually think you're better off you're better off recruiting out of Queensland Cup. And I'll tell you why. Because I think the gap between New South Wales Cup and first grade is as big as it's ever been in the history of the comp, or at least in my lifetime. And I think the gap's getting wider. I think at least in Queensland Cup, it's men playing against men. And there's only one rugby league team. So you're out a bit out of sight, bit out of mind. I think it's possible that you're not one of the best 12 players that get promoted into the Broncos system each season. But you're still could be a late bloomer or you still could be quite a decent player and you're used to playing against quite good, tough men.
0: Melbourne continues to have that production line of players, even though they're in Melbourne. I think there's a little bit of, um, a few blind spots with some of the other teams' talent recruitment.
1: Fair enough. All right. Moving along to the Saturday games. uh, Game close to your heart. The Bulldogs against the Titans. The Titans are $1.85 favourites, but it's very close. The Dogs are $1.95 and have a one and a half point head start on Sportsbet. I think my personal view on this game is the titans are strong where you guys are weak so even if you're ahead with 30 minutes to go the titans finish games well and you guys finish games badly so that's not a good omen i think the titans will get you if you don't beat the titans you get the wooden spoon
0: i mean does it really matter whether you come last or second last i mean i think you're right i think the titans again have i think i say this every week they have too much strike power for us in the back
1: doesn't matter who you're playing they've got too much strike power if you were playing the western reds
0: what, the 1995
1: team? Yeah. They haven't, they haven't been in the comp in 25 years, but if you pulled them all out of retirement and they played dogs, they'd still have too much strike power for you out wide.
0: Way, way too much speed and skill in the back line for us. Um, we We have good players, but they're just overall as a unit, just not explosive enough. And speedy well, the enough. T-
1: Titans, have got, Titans have got a good defense as well, tent. so I don't know, quite know how you crack them.
0: It's good to see Jake Averillo back after being rested. You know, Matt Dury, the young guy, he's, he's playing okay.
1: Is that what we call it now, rested? I don't know. Apparently
0: he was rested. And to Tuamunga, which is good. He's a good youngster, Renoff And um, Luke Thompson's back. But I um, can't see us winning, to be honest. I just don't see how we can beat the Titans. You know what is a worry, though? Young Tonamapea... Went on a two-year Mormon mission and just came yep. back, and he's still more dangerous than most people in our back one. And he's been missing for yeah, two years. <laughs> and he's the great moustache. Must be the moustache. It is the moustache.
1: Okay, moving on to the second game of Super Saturday, another cracker, Manly versus the Tigers. Manly are a sixty favorites. Tigers are $2.35. Tigers have got a four-point head start. Manly are not playing well. But the the Tigers are a mess at the moment. So I think the Seagulls will get him. What are your thoughts on this one?
0: From all the stuff that's come out during the week about losing the dressing room, which was more his rigid game plan and him not, like you've said before, not tolerating mistakes, dropping players left, right and centre that don't meet his... I don't know, his intensity standards or... Don't know if mentally the Tigers are going to be there. I don't think the Eagles have been playing well.
1: Can I say this? On paper, the Tigers should win this game. I think if I look at the team's team lineups, by no- Norfoluma Joey Lailua, Adam Dewey, Asa Kapoa, Benji Marshall, Luke Brooks. If I go to the Manly back line, Tevita Funa, Georgie Tafua, Brad Parker, Albert Hopawati, Abbas Miski, Cade and Daly Cherry Evans. I mean... I think I think on paper the West Tigers probably have have the edge in the yeah, but if you're
0: Benji Marshall like how do you give a shit this week after what's happened <laughs> in all honesty like you know to be reading in the press that you're not wanted for next year well I think I think there's issues right I do I agree there's issues in Tigers but I, I,
1: I worry about the last 3 games if the Tigers get blown out by a very average Manly side at the moment they are not playing well at all
0: the move of Mbai to fullback rather than Adam Dwehy. he I don't know if centre's his position either. I do see him more as a 5'8", because Adam Dewey, he knows the game. Like, the kid can play. He's got good vision. He was a halfback, right? Yeah. In South. So yeah, he a So, can see that. He's, he gets his hands on the ball. He's always involved in the game. He, he can read what's happening. He's got a good pass. He's got a good kick. I think probably should be the 5'8", to be honest. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that experiment goes. But... Really I can't see anything other than a manly win, not tipped the Tigers to make sneak into the eight this year, so I don't know what's going wrong.
1: Okay, last game on Super Saturday and probably in my opinion the game of the round. It's the grand final replay. The Roosters versus the Raiders down in Canberra. The Roosters are a dollar forty five favourites. Canberra a good value at two dollars seventy five. They've got a six-point head start on SportsTab, sports bet. Sonny Bill is obviously the big in for the Roosters, but I think the Raiders are good value at $2.75. I think the Raiders might pip him at the post. I think there's a there's a there's a bit of revenge factor in the air, and Jack Whiten may be the form player on either side at the moment.
0: I don't know. I just all I'm worried about is watching Sonny Bill. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: thanks for that. Okay, moving along to the Sunday games.
0: I mean, I'm looking forward to this one. I mean, look, it's the game of the round. It's The Raiders have been on a huge roll. The Roosters are pretty much back to full strength. I mean, Kiri's potentially back. Flanagan, Morris, Manu, Morris, Tupu, Yeah, Kiri's back this week, yeah. Corner, Tupu has been great. And now Sonny Bill. I think
1: this is the type of game that Roosters drop during the season and win in the semis. Who knows? They're the roosters, right? They could come out and be twenty nil up after twenty minutes. But I I just, I just have a feeling the Raiders will run them close this week. I think, I think they could get the chocolates. I
0: don't know. it's hard It's hard to gauge because the Roosters were really impressive against the Broncos, but they were playing the Broncos.
1: I don't read too much into teams playing the Broncos good at the to moment.
0: Like, honestly, the Broncos have been so good for so long. It's just good to have them almost coming last. I'd love for them to get the wooden spoon. The Broncos, unless you're from Brisbane, are quite unlikable as a club.
1: I just feel like for a, such a club that's been so dominant for so long, and they really are the poster child, the glamour club of, club of the comp, I feel like they should have had they should have had better jerseys over the years. I think some of their yeah, but jerseys are ter- the terrible. The colours
0: are terrible. Like in 1988, did someone say, "Hey, let's just yeah. put how about maroon and gold"? It's like really. You 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 start a club from scratch. You can pick any colour you want. What colours would you have gone with? Now that is a hard question. That requires a lot of thought. But I would not go. <laughs> I would not go with
1: gold. If we move along to the Sunday games, the Warriors yeah. versus the Eels. So the Warriors have got an eight-point start on Sportsbet. They're three dollars ten. para a dollar thirty seven. Warriors have been gritty and great, but but I'm I, I, I'm hopeful that the Eels get this game. They're allowed one bad performance.
0: Look, I want I just want to watch Jai Field play, and I want Cody Nicorema to be the man of the match, and I want the Warriors to win. Okay, excellent. I think Brad Arthur will give him a little bit of a rev up this week. I think they'll come out a little bit more fired up, and I still think that para have a, a gear in them to go up a notch that some other teams don't have. So. But I think Jai Field will add a lot. Parrot need to win. They want to win. And it'll be interesting to see how they match the up. The Warriors,
1: have, have, they've only got 20 fit players. Yeah, I know. And there was a report during the week that they asked the Roosters for one of their reserves and they said no. Way to go, yeah. Roosters, helping out helping out yeah. the, the Warriors who are keeping the comp alive. <laughs> All right. So the last game of the round is the Cowboys versus the Dragons. Cowboys are $2.45. Dragons are a dollar $1.55 favorite. Um, The Cowboys, of course, have got a luxury of playing at home. They've got a a three-and-a-half-point start on Sportsbet. I think the Cowboys will win, and I'll tell you why. Because the Cowboys are, in my opinion, a ten-point better side at home. They don't travel well, but they're much better at home.
0: I actually think that the the Dragons will win this week. They've been very close for a long period of time, like over t- you know the last six to eight games. probably they could have won almost every game, and they've just fallen short in certain areas. Like if they can just add that extra five percent, I think they'll they'll knock off the Cowboys quite easily.
1: I think the Cowboys are much better at home, and I don't think the Dragons have got anything to play for, do they?
0: No. See so that's the other thing. I think. I, I think honestly. I think that's part of the issue with Parramatta.
1: Okay. Well, that that concludes our preview of Round Seventeen. We're nearly at the semis. After this round, there's only four, three weeks to go. So, and then we'll we'll be previewing the semi-finals, and I can't wait for that. G. Moving along to Segment Three, and and we teased the audience last week with this one. So, we've got a list of the five players that we would most like to have as neighbours from the NRL. And five players that we would least like to have as neighbours in the NRL. I think we should start with the players we'd most like to have.
0: Yeah, I've kept mine current. So there's only current players and current coaches.
1: Oh, mine's not. Mine's not. But um, I think I think we'll have a bit more fun on the ones we least <laughs> want to have as neighbours. Yeah. So I'll start off if you like. I've got mine in no particular order. So I would like to have as neighbours Sonny Bill-Williams. Young family, doesn't drink, doesn't gamble. Pious, just strikes me as a great bloke. Good to have them next door. Hazem El Masri, same reasons. Family guy, next door, doesn't drink. Quiet neighbour, willing you to help You can tell we're old,
0: can't you? Nice, quiet person next door. <laughs> next you door, no noise. <laughs> With, <Negus. laughs> we're
1: old people. We're old people. We're old people. Get off my lawn. All right. Matt Johns. Because I think he's a bit older and a bit more mature now. By all accounts, quite well read. He um, tells a great yarn. I think he'd be if if you did want to have a quiet drink with one of your neighbours, he'd be Matt he'd Jones, be fun, be fantastic, he'd be to fun. Around yeah. at. he'd be fun, right? He'd be great, but it wouldn't be too rowdy. So that's what I like. And because his kids are playing first grade, they're in the bubble; they're not coming back. You often, are so, so old. That's good. Honestly, he's, oh I'm so God. old.
0: I'm so old. I
1: don't want I don't want parties next door. Next, to <laughs>
0: the other next other on music, my list is Aaron music. Woods.
1: Aaron Woods is next on my list because he's dressed as a bushwhacker. He's got his overalls on. He's got his shirt off, mowing the grass. Aaron, have you got a chainsaw I can borrow? The the yeah, trees overhanging. No problem. Yeah, yeah, mate. Just come over. I'll come and I'll come and he give would, you a hand. Let yeah. me just finish this up. That'd be Aaron Woods. Um, and last on my list is Cooper Cronk.
0: Why Cooper Cronk?
1: Because he just he, well, because he just looks like such a. Learned, thoughtful person. Right. That's my five.
0: Interesting. And what about you? Who's Who's your five that you would like like to? Big fan of Aiden Coleman.
1: Tim Smith's not there.
0: No, he'll be he'll be running up and down the street Tim in a straight line. Um, <laughs> he was a good player, young Tim Smith. It's kind of unfortunate. Okay, Aiden um, he does all the dirty work. He's the guy that'll keep the street clean. He'd, he'd yeah, do all your also, dirty work. he'd help the old he'd ladies do all cross your dirty the road. Work. He's that he, you know he's that type of guy. Hey, Aiden, I've got problem with my
1: plumbing. Yeah, be right over, mate. He's one of those mate. guys
0: that would help the old ladies in the street. He'd you know yep. help the neighbours out, help you yep. carry your furniture in. Um, he strikes me as that type of character. So um, he's mature. So that'll be good. I've got probably a few more than you. I've got Will Hopewadi. I know not because he plays for the Bulldogs because. Him and John and the whole Hoppawati family are kind of had up to probably like 50 people, so you'd always have a great feed. So, if you ever already... do you really want John
1: Hoppawati next door, why not? Well, because when you bend down to regas the barbecue,
0: um, but you know, he's he's a pious guy, he's you know, um. Very, a very lovely young man, very nice, and I just think you know the big family feasts and deal. You get invited as a neighbour; it'll be fantastic food. Let me guess. Next is Jake Avarillo? J- no, Jake Avarillo, Terry Lamb. Is he no, there? He's not. Is he there? No. No, Sean, Sean. Johnson, just for the help, just just because it's Sean Johnson. No, and you st- you stole Sonny B. Williams, so I'm just keeping Sean Johnson. So just just because
1: just because no, he's, he's got one of those fun. Um, foil things in the backyard when he's sunning himself. You'll be peeking over the fence. Is that what is that what you've got?
0: Why? I think SJ, you know, he plays with such <laughs> fun and joy that he'd just be he'll be a fun person to have in the neighborhood. When well, you that you play with that flamboyance and that artistry and that skill and joy. I think we I think we're looking we for are. different you things know, out like, of our neighbours. People like that, they're fun, they're creative. I just want the quiet life. Yeah, okay. i got Jim Dimmy because he's just always happy. He's got always a big smile on his face. So you want to have the happy neighbours. Hey, how are you, Jimmy? He's always going to say hello to you.
1: Paying hearts. Just because he can do hit-ups for you (laughs) nonstop. You could use him as a battering ram if it snows to clear the driveway. Basically,
0: he he wouldn't stop. He's got great VO2 max, apparently, so he can keep on going all day. Right, okay. Um, But more so, if, if you're that big and you're training that hard, you're eating some yeah. good food. So you've got to have neighbours that, you know, they invite you over. You're going to have a feast together. It'll be fantastic. So if you can keep...
1: I'm your mate, and I don't think I'd invite you over as a neighbour.
0: Hey, this isn't about me. This is about the footy players. Right, and, right. Um, okay, Josh else? Mansell, a big fan of Lebanese food, so you've <laughs> got to have a Lebanese neighbour. They can give you, drop over Fair some enough. food. That'll be fantastic. So that's who my neighbours are. And I will probably check on Cam Smith because I need someone my own age just to talk about something that's relevant.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you who I wouldn't have next door. Wayne Bennett. Can't follow the rules. If if he went and got a COVID test and it came back positive, he'd be a super spreader.
0: He's probably, he just doesn't care <laughs> anymore,
1: Wayne. And he's 70 years old, mate, and he's going he out with a bang. Care. He's just, he's just he's, he doesn't give a shit. So, okay, so now onto our list, onto our list of who we wouldn't like as
0: next door neighbours. I'll go first. I've got Josh Dugan because I don't want my neighbours up on their, on their roof sitting on the tiles drinking all day. If you remember, that's what got him sacked from Canberra. I think it was deliberate yep. still,
1: but... So, so you would rather not have Josh Dugan than John Hoppawati. Interesting <laughs> choice. It's it an is. interesting choice, Love the and feast.
0: Great food. But you might be able to go fishing with Josh Dugan. But a um, bit of a comedian one. Mitchell Moses, because he's just irritating. He'd be one of those neighbors who irritate the crap out of you all the time. He'd <laughs> yeah, be complaining yeah. constantly. Hey, mister. Hey, mister. Can I borrow five no, bucks? He'd, he'd probably he'd be one of those guys. And this is where Lachlan Lewis comes in. They probably are living together. Lachlan Lewis and Mitchell Moses. Yeah. Just irritating I've got one of those. annoying probably parking their car in your driveway <laughs> deliberately all that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah. yeah, just deliberately yeah parking, parking you, in, you in yeah doing all the crazy crap um i got to meet a Panguai jr only because you know, you don't want too many colourful characters around. I mean, neighbourhoods... No,
1: but he, but at least at least he'd have, based on the Broncos, I think the Broncos are putting an anklet bracelet on him to, so, to track his... Yeah, limbs. it's
0: possible. It's almost at that point. You know, you, you, you want your suburb and your neighbourhood to have a little bit of character, but not too too much. And Luke Kiry, Luke Kiry, I don't know, strikes me as the type of guy that'd be, you know, doing donuts and stuff in his car up and down the street. So as you get old, you're kind right, of like, okay. hey man, turn this down. This is too loud. Come on, man. 6.30 at night. Because Des Hasler is the guy that would complain to the council about everything. He'd put notices on people's cars, on their windscreen wipers. And if there were kids playing cricket, he'd come and park in front of their wickets. For sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Not Des.
1: All right. Not Desi. All right. I've already mentioned Wayne Bennett, but I've got five more. All right. Who I don't want as neighbours. Okay. I'm going to start with... Mitchell Pearce and Joel Monaghan.
0: I'm not even going to go there. And
1: the reason f- the reason for that is the dogs would be barking all night.
0: You should you should get some Canterbury players this from this year. <laughs> the dogs haven't barked all year. It'd be really quiet neighbourhood. Yeah.
1: I've got a couple of Canterbury players. What I want is a simple, quiet life. So you'll see, you'll notice. I've the people I've got. Next on next on my list is Todd Carney.
0: Is that? Is that meant to be because he'd steal your sprinklers if you were correct, watering correct. the lawn?
1: There'd be some plumbing problems, yeah, with Todd Carney. Third on my list is uh, Martin <laughs> Bella. He'd be the type of bloke that would complain to the council about your fence being a centimetre too big or
0: just just hey,
1: cantankerous. He was just a cantankerous player. He
0: absolutely would. Just cantankerous. Highly effective player, Big Marty, but for North manly and the bulldogs i don't and north queensland i don't remember him smiling do you no <laughs> Neither do i no he's just cantankerous remember when he dropped the ball <laughs> yeah, but off that, the that stuff happens but at least make smile about something just i don't know oh mate just 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 one of those
1: i just want a quiet neighborhood
0: i noticed so you're gonna have a veranda and make yeah, tea and hang out with wayne bennett and complain about all the young people
1: no wayne bennett's suburb You've over you moved
0: him out have you
1: yeah, I'm not living next to Wayne Bennett. The bloke can't follow any rules, especially the ones he created. Sounds like a council ranger. All right, and, and my last one I mentioned earlier, which was Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett's not going quietly into the night. He's just, he's just He can't follow rules. He can't follow the rules he created. So
0: he's just one of those angry old men in the neighbourhood or old, you know?
1: Mate, mate, did you see him dancing in the dressing room after they beat the Broncos? There'd be music going at the middle of the night after a win. He'd be playing his Dean Martin and Fred Astaire at the top of his... Are you sure? Wade <laughs> Bennett. I reckon I reckon Wade Bennett private is very different to the Wayne Bennett public. I
0: reckon he's, a, he's got a little bit of the Greg Popovich about him. Get off my lawn in public and maybe in private is a little bit of it. He can't there. coach for that long and coach that many players. And if you think about it, how many players really have a bad word to say about Wayne Bennett? Not many, no, right? That's right, and that's right. He's coached hundreds. Not many. There's bound to be someone to tweet, hey, man, this guy was really. Yet you read about Anthony Griffin and Madge Maguire stuff already. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. All right. Well,
1: that brings us to the end of this week's show. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back next week to review round 17 and all our incorrect
0: predictions. Lucky we don't go back and check to see if our tips were right or wrong.
1: <laughs> Keep credibility <laughs> that's right, up. That's right. So thanks for joining, joining us and thank you, Jim. I'll catch you next
0: week. See you. Bye. See you next week.